Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 388 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have the full crew here this week kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. Good morning, Richard. How are you today? Uh, good morning indeed, Seth. It is very morning <laughs> where we're recording this, but you know, uh, you'll, you'll tell the viewers why. <laughs> we, oh uh, yeah, well, we'll get to that in a minute. Before we do, we got another co-host, Dave Krim. Krim, good evening, I think, for you, probably. How are, how are you tonight? Uh, it is, yes, it is definitely my evening. It is, it is relatively late, even for me. But, uh, I am, I'm excited. Uh, we, I don't think we've ever done a podcast this early slash late. Yeah, this is this is something new that we've never done before. So basically, this podcast is going to be going up on 4th of July, and uh, several of us had plans for the weekend, so we're not going to be around. Normally, we, uh, we record the podcast Monday and then just release it a few hours later, uh, but we're recording this one a little bit early. It's actually Thursday before 4th of July weekend, so we're recording this ahead of time to uh to prepare essentially for uh for the podcast so we can have it ready to go on Monday which means we're recording at a very different time than normal it's uh i think 5 a.m. richard and crim time uh 8 a.m. my time normally we record in the afternoon so it should be interesting crim hasn't went to bed yet richard waking up super early for the cast i'm normally up at this time so it's normal for me but uh it should be super fun so what we decided to do for this cast since we didn't really have news to cover since it's a short week we're doing a, a fish mail bag cast i put out the call for questions and we answer a couple of fish mails most casts sometimes it gets missed because of spoiler season or whatever but we have an entire cast of fish mail questions got some really good interesting questions and that's essentially going to be the whole cast this week answering your questions from you YouTube and from Twitter, which means uh, before we jump into it, though, I'm going to bump it over to Richard in a minute since he's the fish mail guy. But before we do that, a reminder that our show today is brought to you by Card Conduit. And we've been telling you about Card Conduit, a great way to sell your magic collection and their curated shipment services that let you sell your valuable cards with a reduced service fee for a minute now. And as long as your cards have a retail value of at least two dollars, you can send in as many as you want and still just pay a five percent service fee. And as with all of Card Conduit services, you don't got to sort your Cards, you don't got to grade your cards. You can just skip all those hassles, just safely package everything up and ship it out, and you'll even get a detailed report with the results. So you can check out Card Conduit's curated shipment option is a way to buy list cards with fast processing, optimized prices, and the low, low service fee of just 5%. And right now, you can even get another 10% off if you head over to cardconduit.com slash mtggoldfish. Card Conduit, it's the easiest way to sell your magic cards. So thank you to Car Conduit for supporting the show. And with that out of the way, let's answer some fish mail questions. So we got a ton of questions. Richard, you're the fish mail guy. Take it away. All right. Uh, let's start off with Gary Wheeler. We got we got a we got a tough one here. I returned to magic last summer after a 20-year hiatus. Ooh. I was wondering what the biggest thing I missed in each of your opinions. 20 Ooh. years. Like So that that would take us back to what 2000 roughly like yeah, yeah that would be that would before be... modern sets started before Mirrodin. like this is old border not modern legal is when uh when gary left this huh. was about like seventh eighth edition it was the last yeah. time he's played like 2000 yeah, right around when modern started yeah uh i think the first thing is first off yo there's this format called modern second off <laughs> Uh, in that set, they started making sets for it exclusively or ex uh, specifically. And you now, like, you have now been missing essentially what is 
force of negation, a batch of free spells, like, so you have, like, solitude, uh, and then, you know, grief and whatnot, and then, uh, like, yeah, force of negation and Raghavan. I think when Gary left, it might have actually been, like, type 1, type 2. Now there's modern, pioneer, explorer, alchemy. I would say, though, if I had to pick one thing that really changed in the last 20 years, it's probably the advent of Planeswalkers for me. Like, I think Planeswalkers really changed the game. They've become the face characters of most Magic sets, so they're huge for the lore and flavor. But they've also been the most powerful cards, Okos and Jace, over the years since they made those, which is, what, 12, 13 years ago now they first came out? Um, they've really just changed how the game played as well. So they've taken over the Vorthos, the lore, the story aspect, and they've also taken over the gameplay. So I think for me, if I had not played in 20 years and came back, I would be like, oh my god, what are these, what is this Oko? What is this Jason Mind Sculptor? So I think Planeswalkers for me are probably the biggest thing that you missed in the last 20 years. I, I'm going to go meta and just say like how much magic the gathering there is in 2022. I Like I think in like 2000, it was probably hard to actually go play magic. And like now you can play 24-7 with Magic Arena or Magic Online. If you go to your LGS, if depending where you live, if you live in a big city, you can probably play like Paper Magic 24-7 if you really felt like. Maybe not 24-7, but during business hours at the very least. You can play. There will always be some FNM or some event firing off or something. And just like the amount of content, like if you want to watch streaming, YouTube, whatever, like you can live and breathe Magic 24-7 now, which I don't think was the case in 2000. I think in 2000, we were still watching, like, grainy pro tours on, like, the Watsi website, like, on, like, real media video format or something. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I, I think That's, just so much magic now. And get your wallet ready, too. It means also so much money now, I think, compared to back then. Um, also, yeah. I remember hearing about like the first pro tours in like 96 or 97 and they were just like open and it was like a couple hundred people and it was like hey whoever wants to like play in a pro tour show up and you're like you're pro now so yeah i think the magic world as far as just like how active it is is wow it's really changing that also is like all the digital stuff like goldfish didn't exist edh rec didn't exist channel fireball star city games i don't think they existed or they were maybe just starting out star city games like now magic is everywhere all the time yeah. And you, and you know what? Gary was a cultured man. He played whiteboarded cards. Ah, <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yes. Yeah, there's Oh, yeah, there's there's a lot of cards that are just way different now. Different borders, different artworks, uh, all that stuff that didn't exist in the uh, 20 years ago either. Uh, can you imagine if like Gary's first Welcome Back to Magic was like the the secret layer like heavy metal or something? He's like, what? what is this? <laughs> yes, those cards are real. <laughs> uh, you sit down, you're like, hey, you want to play a game of Magic? Check out my mystical archive Japanese deck. Here, let's go. <laughs> I, I actually I actually stopped. There's this little little shop that opened in a town near here, and I was just driving by, and I had a sign that said like Magic and Pokemon. So I stopped in, and uh, it's people who don't really know Magic. It's kind of like a sports card shop that has a little bit of magic stuff and i was talking to the guy and he was like yeah i used to play back at like fourth edition but cards are just so weird now and he's like like look at this card and he showed me like a literal split card like one of the one of the ones where like <laughs> they're all on the front side of the card one on one half one on the other half i was like oh boy buddy you like if you if this is blowing your mind like just wait a minute until you see what else is happening in magic now like if split cards are far out whew, you gotta you got a lot to learn in the last 20 years 
Wait, what, what would you say the most far out mechanic is? The legendary change, right? Because mm. remember, there's lots of rule changes since then. Oh, I guess that's because like, there have been a lot of rules. That's damage true. on the Man, stack. I wonder, was, was damage on the stack yeah. happening when Gary left? There's so wow, yeah. We have went through a lot of rules changes, legend rules changes. Yeah, play with legends back maybe? then though. Maybe it's not even relevant. No, no, no. It is because remember, <laughs> there were very few legendary creatures, right? It well, but the thing here is, you can now like before, for example, like when you would play uh, baby Jace to blow up a bigger Jace, right? So first off, you got to get used to planeswalkers and how that works. There's still planeswalkers in 2002. Yeah. Crib, get your yeah. head straight. Yeah. No, oh, Gary, Gary, oh, then, yeah. Gary was locking locking Lin Civies out of the game with his own Lin Civies, I think, back in his era. <laughs> yeah, wait, there were no Planeswalkers in 2000. No, there no were not, not to like Damage on the stack might have been a thing. No, Damage on the stack definitely was a thing until, well, hold on. It was like on What was Log Fanatic? Uh, it, so maybe, I don't know if, it was right around that time, I think, that Damage on the stacks changed. What was that, 5th edition, 6th edition rules changes? So oh, I, I'd have maybe, to look. Yeah, so it's maybe. like right around that era. But mechanic-wise, Companion maybe. Like the <laughs> idea of Companion has to be pretty far out as a Magic player. Like, wait, this starts in my hand and it's in its own special zone and I just like play it anytime. That had to be, I think, one of the most far out mechanics. Is that really the wildest? Double face double, Yeah. It's like, oh, like, why do you have yeah. things on the back? And like, or what if you play without sex, sleeves? <laughs> sex tuple face cards now on uh, on Magic Arena. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ma- explaining manifest and morph. <laughs> and and morph the difference between those two. <laughs> Megamorph is so intuitive. I'm sure he'll understand it immediately after he understands morph. <laughs> Wait, no, I, I think, well, they would have probably played Onslaught, right? It was 2000. When was Onslaught? Oh. So the... Onslaught? Invade so two thousand is invasion, planeship apocalypse. Oh yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. So onslaught's probably right after that. They, that onslaught's like the last set to Miss Modern, right? I think. Yes. Yes. Oh, all right. Uh moving on. That was a great question, Gary. Hope you are catching up. You can start going back six years and uh, go to the MTG Goldfish YouTube channel and start watching content. <laughs> you can you can watch a budget budget uh budget standard or something from like six years ago and start catching up on the meta <laughs> uh all right next up we have aaron for each crew if you could design a beyond set a universe's beyond set or a secret layer which ip would you bring in and why so i i know my answer to this someone tweeted this meme image of alchemy the other day that had like a magic card but also like a playing card and a Pokemon card. It was just like memeing on how many how many different fake cards there are now. But one of them was a Michael Jordan. It was like Michael Jordan's rookie card in the in his hand, just like dunking or whatever. And that made me really want an NBA Jam secret layer drop. I think there's a lot of potential for a for a NBA secret, NBA Jam secret layer drop. I know a lot of Magic players have fond memories of that. It's the right era, like early '90s, where a lot of people have fond memories of playing NBA Jam when they were a kid. So I think that NBA Jam layer drop would be a home run, and I would probably actually buy that one even if the cards are horrible i think it would just be funny like you got the kaboom and he's on fire like there's so many catchphrases you could put on there the art could be hilarious like old pixelated nba jam super nintendo art oh it would be so good um let me think here i i think you know what an empty nba jam would be a pretty pretty funny one actually then you like it's just like a a drop full of like either a Michael different Michael Jordan cards or or like I guess like some like all stars like Larry Bird in there and all of that too why not but but yeah like for for me I think what would I 
put on there. I I think it's pretty straightforward, and I've been pretty vocal that I would love a Marvel crossover. But the more I I, I think about it, I'm like, how funny would that be if Pokemon? <laughs> because if you think about it, Wizards made or had Pokemon the card game at a point, and now they're essentially doing a drop exclusive for Pokemon cards. And I'm just thinking about how funny it'd be to have like a giant Pikachu or something like that. Or a giant Gengar just completely obliterate, like, an entire board state. And I, I'm kind of here for that. And then you can make, and they can bring back Companion and make the rules all normal. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't bring back Companion. <laughs> Ooh, I, I like the Pokemon. Uh, and then we could have, like, the trainers as planeswalkers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what would I choose? Um... I, I think I gotta go with the Final Fantasy. We, I think oh. the Japanese oh, right. team can like bring it home. We've already gotten like some inklings of this. I think a Final Fantasy Seven Secret Lair. Uh, I think the remake game should be coming out soon, Part Two. Maybe too late for that, but Part Three will come out eventually. They stretched a single game into a three-game miniseries now. But when Part Three comes out, they could pair it with a Secret Lair for promotion, and I'd be all over. Getting like new Buster Sword equipment or a cloud or something like that. And then the Japanese team can do it. Japanese team has been doing like they did the Godzilla. Um, the Godzilla lands are cool. The, the Liliana. They already got the artist to do the work. So I think I think this one can actually happen. And I think it would be pretty sweet. Yeah, I, I just realized like, yeah, we, we that should have already happened. I think all things considered, they even have a Final Fantasy card game. So. Yeah. That I just kind of forgot. Yeah, it just assumes like that would already be something that's happening. So, yeah, or just some, just some random anime crossover, right? I, I think like the like magic is pretty big in Japan, and the Japanese team actually apparently has a lot of input into what goes on in like global products. Like we have like the Japanese mystical archive and all that. So I think just like any anime thing, they can like. Do, do you think on. it would sell well in anime one? Are there enough crims that play magic that it There's would like, sell be a really well? Oh, yeah. No, between weebs and <laughs> magic players. I mean, like, let, let, let's think about it. There's so much anime now, right? Like, like anime is everywhere. It's mainstream. It's even, like, in your basic everyday stores. So I have to believe, like, like it, okay. oh, my God, if they put, like, Here's Sailor the Moon question. or something. Do you think anime would resonate more with magic fans? Or NBA, uh, oh. probably anime. It's probably two very different groups. I know. I but think they you both think resonate. More representative <sighs> or ha- has more people in I, it. I think it depends on the anime. If you go like with some obscure one that not a lot of people have heard of, probably NBA. But if you go with like a pretty mainstream one, then anime. I would. I say. love how Seth can't name anything when he's saying this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he's like Jack Horseman. <laughs> Bojack, yes, exactly. <laughs> as as an enjoyer of sports and anime, I I think there would be just so much more when it comes to anime. Like if, if they just announce like a Sailor Moon secret layer, uh, or, or or like I a Dragon Ball Moon, one, but like a Dragon Ball secret, yeah, layer, I yeah, think would be more well, popular than an NBA one. Or I don't wait, believe I'm just no not, way. I think Sailor you think Moon NBA be, one is popular. I I mean, oh, you I, think Sailor Moon would be more popular than Dragon Ball? No, no, I think Sailor Moon would be more popular than like. Like a, a baseball one or, or, or a, an NBA one. 
But the Street Fighter one, I think, was really popular. And I right. think of NBA Jam is very similar to that. It's not that it's a sports layer drop. It's that it's like a nostalgic video game you played growing up. Layer it's a drop. retro video game. Hmm. Maybe like a Madden hot. 95 layer drop. <laughs> no, Tecmo, Tecmo no. Super Bowl. I need my Tecmo Super yes. Bowl, Bo Jackson. Yes. I, yo, I would be totally, totally on that, actually. More than like any real like modern day NFL layer drop i think i i think a tony hawk secret layer drop would be sick then you have tony hawk's pro skater i don't know how you get the tony hawk soundtrack into the card game but you know what (laughs) sure make that a thing you know dead kennedy's on a card (laughs) i love i love how we don't like sports we just like video games of sports Yeah. (laughs) yeah 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 i mean let's be honest here right nobody like that Tony Hawk like relaunched skateboarding in the early 2000s or something. So, or, or, or oh, that's, yeah, that's true. Oh, or like Goldeneye 007. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I would so buy a Goldeneye secret layer drop. <laughs> do you think this is actually effective though? Like, is it just us with nostalgia or do you think people actually buy it? <laughs> like, you know, like Goldeneye, like, yes, <laughs> this one SNES, uh, sorry, Nintendo 64 game from like, you know, 1995 or whatever it is. Like, how do people played it? How do people would spend money today to to rebuy Dude, it? Dude, if you I, were if you were our age, you played it, right? Like, you had to. Who didn't play? Even I played it, and I had a pretty. Well, I don't like, know. You had to actually have had a Nintendo 64, right? Okay. So yes, you know. Okay. Like, yeah. If you're playing Magic, you probably come from a position where you have disposable income anyway, though. So maybe everyone has played it. I mean, it'd be very yeah. weird for them to specifically be like, this is Goldeneye, the N64 drop, not the movie. <laughs> because it's more likely that they'd be like, okay, this is a James Bond drop. Right? Like, that's likely. Sure. That makes but then it wouldn't be good. Sense. It would just be based off the newest movie or something, right? So I, too, I wouldn't too gritty. Buy a, I wouldn't buy a James Bond drop, but I would buy a GoldenEye. <laughs> and N64. Yeah, yeah. I don't care about the movies. <laughs> I've, I've never. <laughs> yes, exactly. I've never watched a James Bond movie, but I've played the game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you really not watched a James Bond movie? Yeah, but lately. I don't think so. I, I might have seen one by accident, like at someone's house, but no. Possible. <laughs> It's it's like X Men. <laughs> Who watches that stuff? Yo, like a '90s animated X Men secret lair. I'd be down for that too. Well, see, that yeah, actually yeah, works be. because there's a demand for it. There's like a '90s X Men that like reboot that's happening that's picking up right from where the show left off. So there's enough nostalgia but, that that would that's popular. So maybe yeah. there is but is there a super nintendo game that's the that's the deciding factor i if i recall there was a super nintendo game oh. there really was okay, a super were, nintendo good. yeah 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 I'm, I'm on board i don't know man. I, I remember playing wolverine on sega genesis i don't know oh was it sega genesis this is the side was it super nintendo or was it sega i don't remember anymore you, you're right it might be sega but like it's the side scroller yeah For, yeah, right? Okay. Or you can, do, you can just go with the classic, like, uh, Marvel versus Capcom or the Children of the Atom Ooh. or whatever. You can hook in, like, Zelda? the modern-day fighting game fans, too. What about Zelda? Zelda might be a good one. Oh, yeah, Zelda. Also, Mortal Kombat, if we're in the world of fighting games, just because Ooh. I feel like that should have happened a long time ago. This is a game for children. If they can do Street Fighter, they can do, up they can do Mortal Kombat. 
I mean, we have the like the art of ultimate price, like for the promo. Dude's like straight up like holding a like somebody's head cut off in a bag, and the blood's still dripping. So, so I I think Mortal Kombat would be fine. Like maybe someone's spine getting ripped out is like not the worst. And then we can finally do my Street Fighter deck versus my Mortal Kombat deck. To see yeah, it was the ultimate nineties <laughs> game. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, that, that was a good question. Uh, next question, uh, Brendan Brothers. I would love to know more about MTG Goldfish pets. Can you share pick stories? Maybe have them join you in a session. How old are they? What breed? I uh, I'm actually curious about Richard because I know me and Krim have pets. Like yeah. I, I have Bear. He's almost one. He eats everything, including magic cards. Uh, that's the worst thing. I would have rather him acquire a taste for human blood, I think, than magic cards, <laughs> uh, considering where he lives. But uh, but yeah, he's he's like the sweetest. He's a he's a Rottweiler. He's super huge. He's already like 130 pounds, and he's just he's the sweetest the sweetest puppy. He thinks he's a lap dog. So I I love Bear. He's just he's been a, a great addition to uh to the house. But Krim, I know you have two now, right? Yes, yes. My my loaves of bread have split. They've done my toasts. Now there's two. <laughs> of them uh i have first off my eldest corgi his name is thor he's actually now turning 11 in oh no in september he'll be 11 uh and then i have my second dog dormu short for dormammu and uh he is freshly four so i have two corgis and the newest one is teaching my eldest one all the bad things so uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny like that like he's like oh well you know being like in like you know uh like you know socal it's super pop populated here so people ride birds not not like a, a a seagull or something like that i'm talking like the electric scooters and they like the little one hates electric scooters so anytime somebody rides by he starts yapping at someone and and he looks vicious but he's not he just doesn't like the scooter and so now Thor joins him and together, like they started off as brothers that were kind of like rivals, uh, because Thor had been a, a, a like a, like a, you know, the only dog for in a while. And then now they collectively hate on every scooter that comes riding by. So they've bonded over being angry. <laughs> Sounds healthy. healthy yeah. 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 <laughs> I have no pets. There is no living animal in my house. We're gonna have to change that. Ah, this is so much work. Would you would you like a pet? Like if you could ha- if you did have a pet, what would you go with? Cat or dog or something else? I'm definitely a dog person. So I had dogs growing up. We had uh, Chihuahuas. Uh, so we had two different Chihuahuas, not at the same time. Um, but you know, I had dogs as a kid. I just I don't know. It's just so much work. If I, if I could get all the fun without the without the work. Like the the walk, like my wife wants a husky, and I'm like, okay, I'm like a dog we can get, but like, does it need to be a husky? Like, do I need to walk like two hours every day? And if I don't, my house explodes because the dog goes nuts. I'm like, this is a lot of this is a lot of commitment for like the rest of you know for the next like 10, 15, 20 years, right? So, but and, I have definitely have a dog, a, for a kid, huh? And you have a kid, so that's a that's a big commitment for the next twenty years too. So yeah, you already the kid, have the, the kid the becomes independent at some point, though. <laughs> <laughs> the dog the dog needs to walk forever. That's that's true. But you know, you can like in the early years of having your kid, you can definitely like build a little like a harness or something, you know, and then have your dog walk your child, 
And yeah, and then the kid grows up and you switch. And yeah, then the kid yeah. walks the dog and you get to stay home and play magic. That's that a sounds self-sustaining like a system. I would like people who've had both dogs and kids simultaneously to chime in if this actually works. My wife is like, oh, yes, the, the dog will babysit the kid. I'm like, uh-huh, of course. Yes, it's exactly. It, my, it would. My... my my little nephew's three, and uh, he he rides bear bear uh, bear lets him. He sits on him like he's a horse and tries to ride him around. So, uh, yeah, they, you can have some fun with with kids and dogs, I think. But if I had to choose, I would probably get uh, a golden retriever or a lab. I think. What about a goldfish, Richard? Is there any argument to having a goldfish just for flavor purposes? Oh, I I actually love fish. Actually, <laughs> like I actually could get a pet fish. It's just like annoying when you travel or something. Then you have to be like, ah, oh, someone please come. Someone's got to feed fish. them. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. If, if pet- dogs are already too much, I think fish are like they don't do anything by themselves, right? You well, the to- problem with a dog, at least you know you have work and it's a commitment, right? But fish in general, you do nothing until like you have to do something. Then you're like super annoyed, <laughs> right? <laughs> but or you can get like one of those like. Re- like James Bond type aquariums have like sharks. Oh my <laughs> like, god, yes. Yeah. Oh, that would be the sweet. glass floor and like underneath is like a shark tank and it's like okay, this is a bad idea, sure. Yeah, that And you use it, yeah, threaten your enemies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'll yeah. toss them in there. <laughs> I had a pet turtle as a kid and uh it unfortunately died and it was like very sad. Like this was, you know, the Ninja Turtles craze and everyone got pet turtles. And I'm sure many turtles were slaughtered across the world because of this cartoon. Um, oh God! Turtles are fun too. <laughs> I had a turtle for a while too, actually, until it was it was freed. It, it kind of it was when I it was when I was in college and it lived in the bathtub for a couple of weeks. But then people thought that was was cruel, so they let it free. I probably wouldn't keep a turtle in the bathtub now, though. <laughs> I was young and young and naive. <laughs> How did I, you shower? I'm so yeah, confused. With the turtle? Well, you can take him out for a few minutes. Oh, you take <laughs> yeah, him out? Just, yeah, yeah. It was just a little one that was like, I saved from the road. I thought I was doing a good thing, but apparently apparently not. <laughs> All right. Uh, next question. Jeremy Fox, do you think changing card numbers allowed in decks, like two or three instead of four, would help in pricing? Would it also help with stale metas? This is an interesting question that's come up before. So my opinion on this is... I don't think it would help with pricing as much as people think. Uh, I think if you could only play two of everything, let's say, I think what would happen is the most expensive cards would get a bit cheaper. So your Ragavan or whatever, your Fetchlands will come down a little bit in price. But something's going to have to fill that gap. And those cards are going to go up in price. So rather than playing like uh, four Scalding Tarns, you're going to play two Scalding Tarns into whatever Flooded Strands. Uh, So I think it all would kind of even out price rise. And you'd have a bunch of cards that are like kind of expensive with cards that are cheap now going up in price and cards that are really expensive now going down in price on the other hand i do wonder if it could help with stale metas i think that's an interesting option for something like standard just forcing more cards to be played although at the same time cards are so powerful and redundant these days especially outside of standard i don't know if it matters like yarion and the fact that it's so easy to play a ton of strong every card in your deck is strong and you have an 80 card deck that makes me a little skeptical that it would actually change much outside of standard. Although in standard, if you had to play all two ofs, I do think it would make decks a little bit more diverse and get more card seen play. The, uh, okay, so yeah, like I don't think it does anything for the pricing, but like meta wise, I'm trying to think about that here. Like, what's what differences are there? So like Hearthstone will allow you to play no more than two cards 
uh, or two copies. And like one of a mythic, right? Yeah, or yeah. One of a legendary, epic, whatever they call them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Legendary, yeah. So like, if that were the case, I mean, but like the difference is though, Hearthstone is a thirty card deck. Magic is like at minimum sixty. Uh, when we think of constructed, yeah, I. But you got lands. Right, you also so have it kind of evens out a little bit because like almost half of our decks are lands, and Hearthstone you don't have any lands. I don't. Ha- I mean, I guess it comes down to what the number is, right? Let's just say there's two of every card max, and then we change it so that legendaries can only be a singleton. That that would definitely change up the meta. That would definitely change up the meta because you're only allowed to play like one of each legendary and or two of any base card. I think it would help a ton on the top end. Like if you think of like Jeskai Hanadin standard, if you could only have two Hanadas and two and one gold span, that would make that deck look a ton different. Like yeah. it would have to cuz it just like really changes uh, how it plays out. So or even like Fable the Mirror Breaker having that be a two of so you're not seeing it every single game. I don't know if it'd be a positive. It would add variance to the game and I think people would work hard to get around the variance. I think you'd see a lot of like two doom blades, two terrors, two go for the throats rather than playing for the best option you just play like two of the next best option uh so maybe in practice it wouldn't be that good but i do think it would help with the really busted cards like two gold spans or one gold span instead of four would be a really big change to something like standard or two alruns epiphanies one alrun epiphany instead of four that card probably doesn't need to be banned if there's only one copy in your deck or two copies in your deck i think i think with that in mind then like i mean considering that we're still a 60 card deck uh, and we only have like a max of let's just say two of each card. Then I think you can probably like take things like even ponder or preordain off the ban list. Oh yeah, you could unban a lot of stuff. I think. And look, actually, back to or the finance are they thing. more powerful now because <laughs> they're the selection you need to get to your your two ofs. But even like Tutors serum visions, more powerful, or like serum visions would be absolutely like cracked. I guess so. I will say where the price thing might matter more is on arena. Actually, like if you only needed one of each mythic instead of four of each mythic, I think the price of arena might actually go down. Yeah, I would say. Magic probably should have been like this. So the meta, I think, will definitely change. Now, whether it's better or worse, I have no idea. But, like, the whole magic gameplay loop is weird. Like, you crack a pack, you get one mythic, and you can't build a deck around it because you need three more of those, right? You need four, right, Right. to to use it in your deck. And it's, like, kind of useless, right? Uh, It's really bad on Arena where you're, like, just opening, like, rares and mythics and you're like, oh, I want to build a deck around this, but, you know, I need to spend three more wild cards. So if you just had the hard limit of Singleton, uh, you could open a card and you could put it in your deck and not feel bad about it. So I actually think the the one of uh, is a good solution, or at least digitally, when you open a card, it should be able to fulfill a playset. So as long as you own one, I don't know uh Hinata, you can use four Hinatas in your deck right so i i do think it's a weird disconnect that you open cards and you can't use them in your deck because it's not consistent you need to get four of them yeah and then it makes it a lot easier so i mean or like at least on the legendary side of things but yeah then i think back to like how like how miserable that would have been to play a control deck like you can only have one teferi hero of dominaria Oh, that sounds like heaven. I, I guess, I guess, yeah. <laughs> what you consider miserable, Grim, the rest oh. of the magic world. <laughs> but but then, like, what else would, get, like, Control would have to, like, pull some, like, real magical rabbits well, no, out because of... Because then, then Wizards would have printed, like, a second Teferi, like, maybe a, a big Narset or something to help you out. So you, you, you're you actually missing out on cards, Grim. 
You could have had like <laughs> big Teferi, little Teferi, medium Narset. You could you could have had like all these like powerful control cards because you know they had to add redundancy into the format. Oh, I, I, I will. You'd have to like every sweeper like get reprinted right every year. Yeah, they would give you like a supreme verdict and then like a Wrath of God or something, right? Yeah. I mean, at a point we had what like like there was Wrath of God plus uh, Day of Judgment or something, or no? Oh no. yeah, that was like Callblade. No, no, I think that, we only Wrath had Day- Callblade Standard. Was it? No, it was just Day of Judgment. I think if I can remember correctly, maybe we had like a Wrath and Terminus at one point. That I mean, we it was did. Wrath of God we or did. Day of Judgment and Terminus at the same time, or Supreme Verdict and Terminus. Uh, I will say the only thing I'll say about this that I dislike is if you look at something like Vintage. The play pattern a lot of times changes into trying to tutor up your most broken cards. So that's the way people get it. Because uh, Vintage has a restricted list. So your most busted cards, you can only play one copy of. But what happens is that means you just play as many cantrips as tutors as possible to try to find the most busted cards, even though you only have one copy. And I think that that would probably come to other formats if we made this change. Like, sure, you only got one Oko or one Omnath, but you're going to play a ton of cards to try to find that because it's just still so strong. I mean, yeah, right? Like, I I think it, I, I know that this is going to be problematic to some, but I think eventually it kind of just becomes a little bit closer to Yu-Gi-Oh! Where, like, there's lots of things where, I know, I know, Yu-Gi-Oh! that game. No, but, like, legit, I having still play Yu-Gi-Oh!, one of the things that a, a lot of things can do is, like, if you discard them from your hand or when it dies, look through your deck for a creature with, like, 1,500 defense or less, right? Or a certain type or something along those lines. I think a lot of those abilities and statics will then get stapled onto, like, like magic cards. Like, imagine channel this land, uh, destroy an enchantment, and then look for a... I don't know, a green creature, you know, CMC three or less. All right. Uh, next question. Alexander Bach, has magic taught you something about life? Hmm. So I think it definitely, it definitely has. I think there's like, I think magic actually can teach you a lot of things about life. I think for me, one of the big things is uh, magic is definitely it, it'll teach you that you're going to make mistakes even if you're the best player in the world you're going to punt sometimes you're going to you're going to make mistakes and it teaches you how to deal with that you need to be able to make a mistake and not get crushed and give up but to uh, learn from that mistake and move on and try not to make that mistake again the next time and I think that's like how life is too like everyone's going to make mistakes in their life and then you got to be able to learn how to deal with that and move on and laugh at yourself for doing something so stupid and learn from it and try to improve and not do it again so i think for me that's that's one of the big things that magic has taught me about life well richard you go first i don't i don't (laughs) something well taught me a lot of things actually but i think something about variance like something along the lines of like you can do everything correctly and in your power and it just doesn't work out right because Mm -hmm. variance right rng right and that that doesn't mean um, you did something wrong, but it, it also means that like, you shouldn't be too results oriented. Like, you know, sometimes the cards just don't fall in your favor, right? But that's not your fault. Uh, but what it does tell you is if you're doing the right things, though, um, eventually variance will even itself out, right? And you will come out positive. Yeah. You'll be plus EV, right? Uh, so I think something along that line um, is, a good one. is a pretty good one about magic because we all love like salty magic players who like don't understand this when they first play and they're like 
you got lucky. I'm better than you. <laughs> right. And you like rage and flip the table and stuff like that. Right. And then eventually we all chill out. Right. Jeez. Uh, well, you know, there, there's always playing to your outs. I guess that works. Uh, Ooh, yeah, that's, I like that. Uh, right. Like, like being able to just what no matter what the situation is just like either a just keep working or pushing forwards uh, like looking looking for something looking you know what i mean looking forward to something to maybe like do everything that you can within your power to find a way out of like bad situations this is too wholesome and positive how about people have too much money and spend for no reason (laughs) addiction is a real thing <laughs> we have gambling issues <laughs> like doesn't it blow your mind when you're like what's what's the price of your collection like twenty thousand dollars you're like my mind yeah. is blown right <laughs> like that's yeah like that's a normal healthy thing yeah yeah or like we're just casually talking about how like four hundred dollar decks are budget legacy or something you know we're like oh it's budget it's fine budget a hundred dollars budget it's eighty dollars you're like wait a minute it's still a hundred bucks right like we get so entwined in this world like our our perspective just like gets skewed right yeah yeah buying buying four hundred dollar booster boxes of pieces of cardboard but it's so much value exactly it's so much value it's plus ev EV. but the ev exactly (laughs) and no one sells anything ever though yeah, nobody ever moved. Like, doesn't matter how much they open. It's like you're not selling that. You know that. I I guess that one thing that like also blew my mind is yeah, like you're you're right. Magic is very expensive. Like somebody commented, I think on something of mine. They're like, you know, your your American standard Stratocaster costs as much as a Yorion deck in modern, or or your or a Yorion deck costs as much as your guitar. I'm like, wow, wow, yeah, that's very expensive. <laughs> For a, a modern deck. All right. Uh, PsychoZen71. <clears throat> My wife wants to know what happened to the female goldfish player and why she quit. Uh, uh, so this has got to be Jen, right? Miss Mulligan. Uh, from, yeah. from Commander Clash, Miss Mulligan. Jen uh, just kind of moved on to real life stuff. She got a, got a job. I think she was doing school when she was doing Commander Clash with us. And then she, she finished school and got a job that she really loved and just didn't have... The time to do content stuff the way she does. I think, I think Jen occasionally still streams once in a while, but she was doing content is like more or less a full time thing. Uh, at the at the time she was doing Commander Clash with us, so it's mostly just, uh, I guess moving on with uh, adult stuff more or less. Jen in a while. I, she she came back when Tomer did. Uh, we 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 had like a, a Commander Clash reunion like in the past six months or something, and I wasn't able to make it. Uh, but like, did she, she do the charity stream? She might have done. I don't think she was oh, able to make remember. the charity stream. I think it was like the whole time before that. Um, but but yeah, like we used to have rotating uh, <clears throat> rotating guests on Commander Clash, where we would have a different person come, and Jen was one of them. She was awesome. Uh, but yeah, she. I remember she was she worked for like a, a baseball organization yeah like a like a pro baseball yeah, team yeah, i think yeah. it was like uh, whatever some mlb team which sounded like a really cool job if someone hired me to <laughs> to work at a pro sports team I, I might consider giving up streaming magic for that all right next question uh phyrexian p phyrexian pit uh, if each of you had to choose a format to do video content for that is not regularly done on mtg goldfish what format would you choose legacy any dreadful brawl something else oh, 
this one's easier for me. Every time I get a chance to play Legacy or Vintage, I have so much fun. But those formats are just so expensive that most people are priced out of them. So I always feel a little bit bad when I actually play them just because I know that, that most people can't play them and that kind of diminishes the interest in it. But I, I love playing those formats. I just always have a blast when I get a chance to play Legacy. What format would I want? Like, Because like, if I didn't want to play it, or if I wanted to play it, I'd play it. So I, I guess the if if there's a format I'd like to play more of that I don't normally get to make content on, geez. It's it's not a format, but it's essentially filming pure degeneracy, like flip it or rip it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> like I would is choosing violence. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a format, but I would love to film that. Just like, <laughs> yo, what's up, everyone? This week we're opening Legends. Let's like flip it or rip it. Let's- oh my goodness! <laughs> I bet you get a lot of views and a lot of hate. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, right, I still like- understand the point of flip it or rip it. Like, what do you win exactly? Like, why, why, why do you do it? I'm so confused. It's, I, it's, a, I, it's, it's a flex, basically, right? Like <laughs> it's it's a mixture. I think it's like a bit of the flex and just the sheer misery or thrill. It's a lot like pack warring, right? Like I love pack warring, so I would also like love to film that. I mean, like one of my worst losses was when first Modern Masters came out, and I my opponent opened some like it's like an artisan of Kozilek, or I don't remember some massive like like CMC card and I opened a foil Tarmogoyf and I I lost that so because <laughs> it was off pure mana value so but, but, but that's just gambling right like yeah, yeah, there's no is. victory yeah, there's <laughs> like, no what is the victory the victory is you get the victory is dodging yeah <laughs> like not ripping something good I think that's the win that's the whole point yeah you, you just hope that you don't rip the good card so it truly is just the thrill for the thrill's sake, and that's it. Because it's not like you're ever plus EV or anything like that. And you, you're you're only able to keep what you already had. Okay, okay. So the, 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 the big, like, heated thing about this is, like, you're, you're wasting magic cards, right? Like, not only are you wasting, like, you know, like, there's actual valuable cards here, but, like... You're killing the environment, like you're, you're like you know you're, you're taking cardboard and just like putting it to waste. <laughs> just, just shredding. What it. if Watsy brought Flip It or Rip It to Magic Arena? <laughs> oh, like like I oh. get to shred my wild card see, or my mythic. You see your collection? You flip it or you rip it? Right? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Uh, nothing is harmed in this process. It's no no magic cards are harmed in this process. <laughs> Would it be cool? Yeah, yeah, you know, that would be kind of fun. But then the thrill, it's not like it it's not like I have a chance of losing, let's just say I went and bought a double masters collector's box, right? A booster or something like that. It's not like I have the thrill of losing a a crypt, a mana crypt there, or I guess the fear more than anything is a lot worse than than if I were to flip a or rip a digital mana crypt. <laughs> Wizard, wizards could just set it up like you give them 10 bucks and there's like a 50 percent chance they give you a card and 50 percent chance it's just like sorry <laughs> do it again try again is that <laughs> literally a booster pack that would, <laughs> that would basically be the same thing on arena wouldn't it i i think it'd, <laughs> i mean uh, it'd be like essentially part, gambling I, your wild cards like i'll ante up like it like 
20 mythic wild cards for this. Ooh, that'd be fun if you could do it against other people. Yeah. If you could, like, do the challenges against friends and bet wild cards on it. I bet that would that would make for fun streams. People would watch that. Except for that would essentially be trading. Because imagine if, like, hey, I need some rare wild cards. Are you using any, Seth? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Here, just <laughs> yeah, come duel me real quick and then just give me those rare wild cards. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Okay, what, what if they brought back Anti for Magic Arena? What do you oh, think Oh, uh, I I think an anti mode would be fun. It's probably too gambly. They'll never. I don't think they'd do it, but I think it'd be interesting to have it as an option. Yo, here it is. Maybe it's like a special event. You you just oh god, they can't run too many, or else like the entire player base would be out of cards. But like like, <laughs> I, I I think <laughs> the way the way you do this is you go Yu Gi Oh Battle City rules. I battle you. If I win, I get the best card in your deck. Except. I just get your whole deck. Ooh. That's like sheer and pure degeneracy. I would only queue with wow. red deck because like, oh my God, if I ever lost. <laughs> you don't want to lose your Teferi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my rare lands and things like that. Like, heck no. Wow, that would get expensive. Yeah, but if, you, if, if you're queuing with uh, your your budget red deck, you're not going to get that adrenaline shot that you're going after. That's gotta, that's true. Yeah, you got to play value like Money Pile Yarion or something. Oh. That's that's the real the real baller way to play. Eighty card deck full of battle, rares. Battle of Wits. Battle of Wits. Yeah. Oh, you're definitely not winning with that. So you may as well just give the deck over. <laughs> oh, you, know, you know, this reminds me. You know, like old school. I don't know if they do this anymore. You know, in old games, like when they have PvP and you die. Like Diablo, you drop like all your money on the ground, yeah. you go pick it up again. <laughs> but like, but, but you got like I don't know, like MMOs, you come back and you're naked, right? Because you don't have your gear, and if you die again, you lose half your stuff. Oh so god, like, yeah. This big risk, like running back to to grab your corpse, like. You, you queue up with your Yorion deck, you lose, you bust up Mono Red to try to recover your Yorion Try to win it back. Yeah. <laughs> then you're on to like, hey guys, I need a zero wild card budget list. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I don't <laughs> have the strongest proper standard deck I can build. I need to pick up my deck. <laughs> oh, that sounds horrible, but hilarious. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, next question. Coral underscore... It's been said that Baldur's Gate lackluster reception is due to product fatigue, but I feel like it's more power level slash theme related. What do you think? Full agree. So we've talked we've talked a lot about this, but I'm actually like I was curious how much of it you think is is product fatigue versus power theme. I think it's a mix. Like I think product fatigue is part of it. Like the fact that we moved on to Double Master so quickly and like Docksides and all these splashy cards, I think it was it made it easy for people to move on to the next big thing. So I think that's part of it. But I also think that it's theme and power level. Like, it's not as strong as the first Commander Legends. It's got a D&D theme, which uh, is fine, and I'm glad they do it. But at the same time, I know for me, I missed a lot of the old magic references. Part of what I really liked about the first Commander Legends was seeing, like, these old magic characters come back in new form, Akromas and Kamals and stuff. So I think it's a combination of all those things, I would say. I, I fully think that it, it it's not like a fatigue, I guess. It's definitely just more so the fact that Double Masters here. Doubles, Double Masters is giving the big reprints that the commanders actually, like commander players actually really, really want and need, right? So, whereas Commander Legends fell like prey to the fact that it's just new cards and not that many good uh, reprints. Uh, you had a few Kindred Discovery, Smothering Tithe, you know, whatever, right? Like like those ones. But 
outside of that, the set itself is actually pretty low power. Like, Displacer Kitten's obviously good, but yeah, it just felt like the set, it was a perfect mixture uh, of power level and and then on top of that, Double Masters again. I actually think it's product fatigue. Like, so I think um, if your product is strong enough, you can always overcome product fatigue. Like, you know, if they just jam like 80 Doxides into, the, you know, whatever. Like, if they just start spoiler season tomorrow and just reprinted everything into the moon, uh, people would be super hyped, right? But if they release a bunch of mediocre products, like people just forget about it and move on. Um, the problem I have is... Like, you catch my attention for, like, one second during spoiler season, and before I get to build a deck or think further about it, there's another spoiler to look at, and I'm thinking about that thing. And it keeps piling up, and, like, I think there's, like, Capenna, uh, like, the Capenna commander cards I need to play with that I haven't gotten around to, but, like, it's now, like, far too too far down the list, right? I got Boulder's Gate to deal with, I got Boulder Gate pre-cons, I have Double Masters, so I think... Part of it is speed, and, like, I can't even follow spoilers anymore. Like, I remember there was a time where we had so few spoilers that whenever a mythic came out, you would sit down, and if it looks bad, you would sit about, you know, you would sit and think and try to brew with it and be like, how do I make this card good? Right now, it's like, oh, I got 18 more mythics down the pipeline. Like, I don't know, this looks bad. Just toss it away, right? And you go <laughs> on to the next card, yeah. right? So I, I do think, like, there's not enough mental capacity to absorb all these cards and the fact that now they're double-sided triple-sided or whatever like doesn't help either it's just more stuff to remember uh, but i don't know like you can always overcome product fatigue by just making something more hype and i think that's what wizards is trying to do right just keep releasing new products and make the next one more exciting and people will just keep going after it next question jay chancellor uh my question is whether you think that if all major MTG social media creators band together against some of the larger, air quotes, injustices that Watsi has made against the game, they'd fix it. Like reversing MSRP, too many releases, loot boxes, uh, alchemy, etc. So I've got this question a bunch of times, and uh, I think the answer is no. Like, I think when it comes down to it, Wizards goes with the numbers, and if they're making money and more money and the bottom line is increasing, that's what actually matters to Wizards. So I think if every major social media content creator person banded together and said, you know, you're releasing too many products, it's too much, Wizards would be like, well, I mean, we're making more money than ever. All these products are selling. I think all of you are wrong. Like, the bottom line says that you're wrong. So I actually don't think that matters, at least when it comes to things that involve finances involve money involve profits and revenue I, it could probably matter with some like more less money related issues like the ban list or something i think if enough people set ban this card in a format wizards might actually listen and it might end up getting banned but when it comes to dollars and cents i think that all that really matters is is voting with your wallet and it really wouldn't matter if everyone said the same thing if wizards is making money doing the opposite yeah that that's pretty much head on there like right on the like that is perfect right on the mark because i think content creators can only do so much up until the money once money gets involved and money decisions happen like it's always going to be the money right because they're a business at the end of the day um Mm -hmm. and so but what like if it comes to like hey would this fix the format or maybe what do you think of this kind of format you know what i mean like sure formats 
if they become popular, they could generate more money. I mean, like, Commander was essentially started by, like, an outside party, right, a third party, and, you know, they've adopted it since then, and it's helped them make silly amounts of money, right? So, like, yeah, like, I think content creators can do something like that, like, maybe make a new format, maybe, you know, do something as long as it's not, like, money-related. Yeah, I mean, I think you're both right. I think everything is working as intended. Like, there, there's some weird game that goes on where everyone declares they're so mad at Watsy, but then they support Watsy with all their money. It's like, ah, you know, like collector boosters. They're so dumb. What a money grab. Oh, let me put my pre-order in before they go up in price, you know, or like, <laughs> yeah. oh, there's too much product. I can't keep up. Oh, but I put my pre-orders in, you know, I already got all the singles. I'm good to go. Right. So it's working. It's like some weird self-loathing cycle where you don't like it, but you do like, this is all addiction, right? This sounds exactly like addiction <laughs> where you're like, yeah. you know, I, this is bad. Uh, if you objectively look at it, it looks terrible, but I'm going to do it anyway. Right. And maybe it is addiction, but I don't know. It seems to be working for wizards and they're making more money year over year. Like the the one real criticism is something like it's not sustainable. Like maybe short term they make more money, but long term uh, they cannot. But they've been doing this for like five, six, seven years, whatever straight. And they keep amping it up and it keeps working. So why stop? I mean, with enough Uh, products coming out, like maybe maybe they just try to like it's self-sustaining within the new players that they bring in, right? Like the old players, like the enfranchised players will cycle out. They get burnt out, but then new players come in like, oh my God, all the 2004 pros have quit, but then you get all the new pros and all the new people that have got bought into the game because of like the Warhammer set, you know? Uh, so yep. maybe that's how they, they try to keep it self-sustaining and whatnot. But yeah, it really does feel like that meme. It's like, yo, sk- Screw this job. Goes to work. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Drinker of all the tea, since modern magic design has made once beloved staples obsolete, what standout cards from modern's past would you like to see released into Pioneer through standard once again? Uh, For example, recent Thalia reprint in Vow, I would personally like to see the likes of Resto Angel, Lingering Souls, Neither Reliquary, and Burial Rites, Gravecrawler. Disclaimer, Richard can't say goif. (laughs) <laughs> why can't why can you list your favorite standard cards but i can't list my favorite lurk life <laughs> uh this is a good question uh i i want some sort of land destruction i really do maybe like i want to say blood moon but oh. maybe blood moon's still too played in modern to count and i don't think that that would ever actually happen and probably wouldn't even be a good thing but maybe like uh, maybe like Fulminator Mage. Fulminator Mage card I used to love playing uh, in Modern. It doesn't really see play anymore. I think that Fulminator, maybe that's about on the right level. It is three mana land destruction, but it only gets non-basics. I think that could be fine. The other answer I have would be the Titan Cycle. I used to love playing like a Myriad X with Sun Titan. We've played some like Frost Titan decks. Inferno Titan used to show up in Modern. And those cards really don't make it anymore. I think you'd have to leave out Primeval Titan. Primeval Titan I don't want in Pioneer, but I would love to see the rest of the Titan cycle make it in Pioneer because it might be the right power level where those cards would actually see a bit of play but wouldn't be broken. So so those would be my my picks, I think. Oh, my, my, mine is very, very easy. Esper Charm. Ooh. Esper Charm. But, uh, but would you target yourself, Krim? That's a real question. <laughs> you know what? In some situations, maybe to deny a robber of the rich to do anything against me? Yeah, maybe, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it, okay, probably not. But but like I would never target myself, no. But but 
Esper Charm, right? I think that's like a card I'm in love with. I still play that in Modern. I, I actually don't know how, how to de-sleeve something like that because it's always in one of my decks. And then I think the other creature lands, Celestial Colonnade. Uh, uh, like, you know, stuff like that. Creeping Tar Pit. The Zendikar, uh, fe- like, Creature Lands would be nice. And... I like that. Yeah, like, I, I think it'd be fun, right? Because, I mean, we kind of already have them, and it's like, we-, we can tell that it entering the battlefield tapped, you know, like, does hurt. But not not as much in Pioneer, right? So, like, Raging Ravine, all of them, that'd be nice to see. And then, uh, I, I think the other one, I mean, like, I don't think we can have... Fate Seal and Jace the Mind Sculptor. <laughs> no, no. Well, actually, no, please no. Could we? Would that be Jace? Might be busted in Pioneer, wouldn't it? I, and I don't want Jace to go back through Standard. It would definitely be busted in Standard if you got to put it through Standard to get it there. I mean, but is it though? Or really? could it not be? I don't. Yeah. Maybe I'm just overrating it based Pioneer's on ten years. It's gotta be right. No, Standard's not that fast. I guess, but like I, I guess like for Pioneer is what I mean. For Standard, sure, sure, I could, I could, I definitely understand that. But like, but is it though in Pioneer? I mean, I would say in Pioneer, my concern would be like, isn't Blue White already like a top tier deck without Chase? Like, do you really on top of Wandering Emperor and Teferi Hero Dominaria and all the good sweepers and all the counters? Do we really want the second best Planeswalker of all time also in that deck? I'm not convinced that I would want that. I Wait, think it would probably be busted. Who's the first best Planeswalker of Oko? all time? Oko. Oko, oh. I think. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Like Oko beating Jace. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I mean, there's still a lot of things that go underneath that Jace. But, yeah, I guess, like, with wandering emperor coming in and you know like a playing like making it so they have an instant speed planeswalker and then having jace the mind sculptor yeah i guess yeah jace is still a little too overpowered but uh, i actually i don't know i just feel like every time i say that it just doesn't re- feel true because i feel that everything has just gotten so much better in crim's defense I was really worried about Jace coming into modern, and Jace has been fine in modern. J- yeah, like, Jace it's not is just... even really that good in modern. Like it, it sees a little bit of play, and it's fine, but it's it definitely is not the best card in the format, or even close to the best card in the format. So maybe the power level's just high enough. Right. But then you Arguably... also have all the modern horizon stuff in modern, which is just so even compared to Jace is just like so strong. Right. And Pioneer doesn't have that, so maybe it'd be different in Pioneer. But I don't think you're like completely out there to suggest Jace, even though I lean on. I just don't want to play against the control deck even more. I mean, like, I already get annoyed playing against Blue Eye Control and Pioneer, and I don't want to see it get even better. <laughs> Outside of, like, just obviously disliking the control archetype, though, I think on a strict power level thing, I think Jace, not... It, like, Teferi Hero of Dominaria is just better, right? Really? As a control... You are a Teferi fanboy. But, I mean... But, no, but like, yeah, like I Teferi love... better than Jace? I guess there's no... Okay, like... so without the fetches, your brainstorms are quite right. mediocre, right? So maybe Krim is right here. Yeah, like your, your fetches are you're gone. You're just fate sealing people. This is like kind of terrible. That's right? a, that's that a terrible fetch. plan. And yeah. then and then on top of that, like you're, you're in a control deck, right? Teferi is a much better planeswalker because he untaps two mana. He draws you a card, untaps two mana. The only way you're drawing a card. Jace has been so powercraft. How is this a thing? Right. Krim is right. Krim's kind of winning me over, sadly. I have to zero with Jace to even see cards, and it doesn't leave my mana untapped. 
And you don't have fetch land. Yeah, so exactly. Brainstorm, brainstorm is bad if you can't shuffle. Like, it's not a good card. Exactly. If you can't shuffle your library. And then I only get an unsummon, whereas Teferi straight up just tucks anything that isn't a land. Although you can unsummon a bunch of times in a row. Sure, nice. sure. I can just, but it's slow loyalty, so it dies to, like, you take it down, and then it dies to play with fire or whatever. Right. Like, it does die to a lot, or, like, a, a small creature. So, wow, maybe you're strangely right i think he is right <laughs> i like you need to play shuffle effects and even if you play cards that instantly shuffle your deck gets so much worse so you really need the fetch lands for jace right like like oh, and you still, what are you, you gonna force evolving you, wilds and like fabled yeah, that's, passage that's right 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 like yeah. so that's uh, not that good although Although you just can't put it through standard oh yeah so that's, yeah that's the sticking point i think because i don't know how you actually get it into pioneer because uh, I, I would not want Jace to go through standard. Even if I might be okay in Pioneer, oh, I can't put it in standard. Just put Blood I guess you could print it and just ban it. Yeah, yeah just reprint <laughs> Bloodbraid. Actually, like, but on the real, though, uh, you know, is is Could Jace, Jace good in standard? standard? Yeah, have... I, don't think he's, I don't know that he'd be so overbearing like he was the first time around. I, he right. might be just like people okay. People remember Jace for all the things that were like like they Chase was Jace was the poster child of what people wanted banned in that Cobblade standard. That's what people don't think about is like all the pieces that he had, right? He has he, we had every fetch land, we had preordained, we had squad hawks and stoneforge. So there were so many ways to shuffle your deck. And yeah, it w- it was basically like a modern deck, right? Like that, I think that it same is deck, a like deck. in the early days of modern, saw play in modern. Like it doesn't see as much play anymore, but yeah, it was like literally a modern deck in standard. <laughs> like like, what is Jace gonna do to like a wedding announcement, right? Like 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 or and or even something as simple as a lolf. Like of course, yeah, maybe yeah. maybe like I counterspell you, but like there's not even a mana leak in this. Like there's like make disappear, sure, but we all know that's not mana leak, which. Reprint Mana Leak, wow. by the way. <laughs> Jason may suck maybe by 2022 right. design. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as long as they don't put all the shuffle effects, maybe it would be fine in standard. Wow. I did not expect that to, to be where our podcast ended up. Jason <laughs> standard was not on my, on my bingo card for today. <laughs> uh, well, if we can't put Jace into the format because he sucks... Um... <laughs> <laughs> what do we end up with here? Um, what card I'd like to see? You know, okay, I, I remember. Was that three mana, like, hexproof green card? Where it's Witch Hunter. Oh, troll aesthetic? Oh. No, 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 no. Oh. I was, wait, what? <laughs> I, I, I was going to say Thrun the Last Troll, but I'm like, he's so bad, that's so troll, right? But yeah. there was, like, that green, like, hexproof, where his power toughness is equal to the number of force you have. Dungrove Elder. Dungrove Elder. And then you slap a Rancor on that bad boy. <laughs> like, this is this is peak fair magic in, like, 2015 or something. And you're like, how do I deal with it? It's Hexproof and has Rancor and is way too big for all my creatures. <laughs> I forgot I about that, that card, actually. That's hilarious. Yeah, there's that. I, I was thinking Witch Hunter randomly. <laughs> That deck was oh, good. Yeah. You like experiment one or something. Dungrove Elder. You can like run the last troll. <laughs> okay, I, I actually, how Sounds do they like fix Crimson run Nightmare. the last troll into twenty twenty two and make it good? They make him two mana. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 I mean, would Thrun be bad? I think Thrun would be bad. 
I think Stardust is horrendous. Stardust is unbelievable and modern. I think you wouldn't play with Pioneer. Would you even be good at standard? I don't think you play that was, standard. Was Vine Ma- essentially think of it like as an uncounterable Vine Mare, right? <laughs> like, because that next that you're, you're bringing that in against, it's like Vine Mare actually maybe saw haste. play though. I don't know if Vine would see play. <laughs> maybe haste, and then it could compete with Questing Beast a little bit more. Like, I but it, it certainly wouldn't trade. Regenerates nice. Yeah, but it's so yeah. small for a four mana creature. Yeah, it is I mean, evasion. This is a four mana four four. Yeah, it needs like trample and haste or something, and then you're, you're probably says business. death touch though. And nineteen lines of text, and it has vigilance. Yeah, just right, and it prevents. We just need a questing beast with hexproof and uncounterability, and then we're then we're fine. If you Name yeah Thrun. yeah, if you move all the abilities on questing beast onto Thrun, then then yeah, sure. <laughs> it wouldn't fit on the card. We but, need a power yeah, creep questing beast. Give him regenerate. Yeah yeah hexproof. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess Thrun really was the last troll. <laughs> That's yeah. it. This is all they got. Oh, you just wait, Richard. I'm sure we'll get some busted troll at some point. Richard, uh, wizards will find a way. All right. Uh, at the Stooksbury, favorite book, TV show, or movie that you feel everyone should see? A favorite TV show I think people should probably see is I. I really like Breaking Bad. Uh, I think Breaking Bad is probably some of the finest television to have come out in quite some time. Uh, and then a movie, I think, would be Blade Runner 2049, uh, which is perhaps one of the best sci-fi. Like, like I, I, I think for a sequel, oh my god, it's so good. And then, of course, that in turn means you should also probably watch Blade Runner. And then, if not, Evangelion. I think Evangelion, I know, is an anime, but it's so good that it's ascended anime. I think it's like Evangelion is something that should be taught about in just like straight up like film school, like film classes. So Wait, the the movies or the TV show? The the movies, I like they're all good. They're the, the, the movies remakes, the new ones? Yeah, they're they're really good. Um and I mean like I think Evangelion, the old show, like you kinda watch them both because the way people there, there's like, you know, theories that both are happening on separate timelines. So you can't just like start with the movies. You should still watch the TV show. Uh, and I, I could see why. And like you also get to see the, the, where the director was, uh, of the series. You know, he, he suffered from a lot of like depression and all that stuff and it reflected into his work. And when you see the movies and the, the, like whatnot, the way that version ends, you can see he's grown as a person and where he is like in his, like in headspace. So. You kind of just really get to see where he's at in his art, and I think it's perfect. Ooh, for me, I think Breaking Bad is great. That's on my on my short list of best TV shows. I usually try to get people to watch The Wire, though, if they haven't. I think The Wire is the one show that I rank actually ahead of Breaking Bad. Um, I think its quality is as good as Breaking Bad, and it just has so much great social commentary that's still really relevant today, even though the show's like 10, 15 years old now. So The Wire, I think, for TV show... Movie? Oh, that's tough. I don't watch that many movies. I mean, I guess I usually just go with my favorite, which is Big Lebowski. I think Big Lebowski is my, my favorite movie if you haven't watched it. It's super funny. And then book. I, I would recommend a book that I, I actually had to read during college, which was called uh, The Age of Propaganda, which was a really interesting uh, book about like marketing and how we're marketed to and some of the manipulation that goes on uh, in that space. And I think it's, it's pretty beneficial, especially in our 
our current world where there's so much talk about fake news and the internet and how people are trying to get you to think a, a certain way to win you over to their side. So it's I thought it was really enlightening to just like get behind the scenes of how that marketing uh, and that propaganda actually works. <laughs> I forgot that books are even part of that question. I think the last <laughs> the last book I like real Dude, book which manga would you recommend? <laughs> Wait, wait, let, let, let's just say we don't even assume manga, right? Like an actual piece of literature. Like the last book I think I read might have been like The Outsiders. <laughs> I actually, what is the last book I read? Richard, have you read a book recently? Oh, oh, I, I, I read all the children's oh, books. Oh, right, right. <laughs> I'm all, I'm all, I'm all up in that Dr. Seuss business. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Rainbow fish. I, I haven't read a real adult book in, like, a really long time. Yeah, like, Actually, what, what was the last read. book, like, real book you read? Oh, my goodness, I don't even know. It's been so, it's been a long time since I've actually read a, a real book, too. Yeah, like if it's not in panels, I don't even know what it is, right? Like, does, so. does Reddit count? Does Reddit is that a book? No, sh no well, Strixhaven cards. Then, then I'm a I'm a literature aficionado. <laughs> that's, that's what we're talking about. Strixhaven cards don't count. Uh, yeah. They should. Though. Gate Some spoilers, of them are long. Is that enough, not a yeah. book? <laughs> I can't even think of. How sad is this? <laughs> I'm like, have you read a magazine? You know, I, I was at Walgreens the other day. There was like a little sad magazine shelf. And I'm like, who uses this? <laughs> like, who reads magazines? Like, I, I was almost curious enough to buy one just to see what's in a magazine nowadays. Pick up but, a tips and tricks to see what yeah. uh, what codes you can unlock in, in Tony Hawk Pro Skater. <laughs> oh, yeah. The internet killed the magazine business, didn't it? What's, yeah. the, what's the point of reading like news from a month ago? When you could be reading news from like a minute ago on exactly. the internet. But shouldn't it be like if you read like magazines with like real articles where they actually spend time to research, shouldn't it be higher quality than like whatever you read on the internet? Yeah, like yeah. aren't most of those just posted on the internet? Like National like, Geographic or something. Can't you read yeah. the same article on I their website anyway? So why would I buy their magazine when I could read it for free on their website? I guess that's true. But you can't read stuff for free online anymore, Seth, no? Every time I go to Wall Street uh, yeah, Journal, I'm like bombarded with like eight sign-up messages or something. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> pretty sure that's, you got adware. <laughs> <laughs> I can read like one, like five characters before they like blur it out and ask me to subscribe. So I'm not sure. Uh, favorite? Uh, I hate these favorite questions. So I, I was, I've, I've gotten to the conclusion that I'm too old to have favorites now. So we'll just go with like the most recent thing that I remember that's good. I see you're practicing um, for when you have a second child. Okay, cool. No favorites. All right, got it's just, it. It's got how it. do you rank like like movies? Like you've seen so many movies your entire life, and there's a lot of good movies. And like, how can you sit there and actually like rank them? Like, I think it's very difficult, right? Well, I mean, th there's a way uh, to look at it. Like, like maybe like a movie that's like been extremely impactful on your life, right? Maybe it was like a very important period of your life. Like, oh. When my wife went into labor, I sat in the waiting room and all I watched was uh, Forrest Gump. Jokes on you watching movies during labor, but <laughs> I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously, I've never had a kid. Okay, I've got, like I've got well, to secure a, a like a girlfriend before I even do that. <laughs> well, I, I like the Evangelion movies. I actually just literally watched them like all oh, a month ago. The okay. remakes, right? The remakes, the remakes, because I, I I think I, like, I don't know how many years it took for them to all to come out, like five years or something, but I remember oh, watching no, way like, longer. the it was first like, couple. It started in like 2008. 
And then yeah, the, yeah. The and last then, then one, I just realized, like, hey, they finished the thing. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. let, me, let me finally watch it. And uh, it was really good. But I'm like a huge Evangelion nerd. So that's like my top anime of all time. And the movies didn't disappoint. Uh, but in terms of like popular mainstream movies, okay, this is not popular at all. But I actually watched everything, everywhere, all at once recently. Oh. That was really good. Hmm. Um, I have no idea what that is. It's a multiverse <laughs> it's, movie. It's a multiverse movie. Uh, and then I watched Doctor Strange, and I'm like, did like, <laughs> okay? <laughs> These are two very different movies. If you're expecting it to be everything all all at once, like, <laughs> yeah. So I think that's a good movie. I think TV show. I'm watching. Okay, so Breaking Bad. Does anyone hate Breaking Bad? Like everyone always brings this up, but does someone actually like, so. dislike Breaking Bad? Not. I've never really heard anyone. I think. Yeah. I think so people I, have come back and try to say that it's not as good as we remember it. Oh, uh, maybe, maybe, but it is really good. Um, it's so good that I started watching Better Call Saul like five years after the fact. Yeah, I think I'm on oh, season. Better Call three Saul or four. is really good too. It's really good. Better too. Call Saul is great. Yeah, it's like close to Breaking Bad. It's a little slower. It starts off. It, the pace is a lot slower, I think, in the beginning than Breaking Bad. But I think it's like okay, but don't very close to me. as good. But it's really good. And I've watched a couple. I don't know how many seasons there are because I just keep I playing it five. on Netflix. <laughs> okay. I think I'm maybe like halfway through or something. But it's really good. Um, and then books. Yeah, we don't. We don't read books. Yeah, just, just remember, there's somebody okay. that might have the last thing they read what? might have been the War of the Spark book. Oh, oh boy, I pity, oh. I pity that person. Uh, <laughs> what's the best kids book, Richard? What's the best kids book? You got to have a favorite. So I just found I just read all the books I read as a child. This is, <laughs> this is like brand marketing at its finest. I, I go to the bookstore. There's like a billion books, right? I'm like, I don't know, but I'm like, hey, I recognize this book. <laughs> I read it as a kid, <laughs> and I just and I just read them. So, uh, Doctor Seuss, Wild, Where the Wild Things Are, uh, the Berenstein Bears, Amelia Bedelia. <laughs> wow, I remember all these too from being a kid. Yep. <laughs> like I remember Curious George. And then like I, I don't even know, like I, I search online and like half these authors have been cancelled and stuff. I'm oh like, yeah. I'm like, I don't even know what's going on anymore, but this is like too much work for me to figure out. Like so yeah. It, it's wild. And then I read the adult books, so they they have like Star Wars and like X-Men and stuff. And I'm like, like I'll just toss him? these in, right? Like, no, you won't you won't you won't realize, but Part of the reading for like two hours every day of children's books is uh, half the time it's for the parents. You know, you got to be somewhat entertained. Yeah, I could totally. Yeah, I'd see that being very important. Yeah, it's like watching cartoons with kids, right? Like exactly right. The most popular ones are ones that are entertaining for adults, too, because the adults have to watch it, too. All right. Uh, So I think that wraps up our podcast. A lot of cool questions. Um, we'll have to do this again. This was it was fun to do a, a fish mail bait cast. So I'm sure we'll do it in the future. I know we got oh boy, there were so many questions, probably a couple hundred between YouTube and Twitter. So thanks to everyone for sending them in. If we didn't get to yours this time, uh, we'll send them in for normal fish mail, and uh, I'm sure we'll do another mailbag fish mail bag in the future. Richard, if people want to send in questions for our normal fish mail that we do every cast, how do they do that? You can send them. 
uh, on Twitter to at MTGoldfish with the hashtag MTGFishmail, and we answer your questions every week on the podcast at the end. Most weeks. Sometimes Most spoiler weeks. season gets in the way, but well, we usually get to at least a couple of questions, but I believe that brings us to the end of episode 388 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Richard Cribb, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Card Conduit for supporting the show, and we'll be back next week to talk about whatever goes on in the world of magic. So until then, have a spectacular week, everyone. And this is the crew signing out.